the the person like really really pushed me to the edge and you know talk about religion islam how dare you and then i was like handcuffed after the tv interview Welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America, an immigrant human library, where we amplify and humanize the experiences of immigrants in the United States and around the world. Listen in as we add another story to our immigrant human library. Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining us on the Immigrant Experience in America. I'm your host, Simone W. Johnson-Smith. And this is a place where we amplify and humanize the experiences of immigrants in the United States and around the world. Today, we have another amazing story for you. It is from Burak Yilmaz. Welcome, Burak. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How is everyone? How are you? I'm doing great. It's it's I I'm excited to hear your journey. So Burak, if you don't mind telling us a bit about your heritage, where you're from, your family's from, and you know what brings you here to the United States. Absolutely. So I'm Burak Yilmaz, and I was born and raised in Turkey in a very 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 small town, like eight thousand you know population, and. Um, um, you know, everything started with me going to, like, my mother My mother left when I was five years old. And uh, from there, my father was never around. Uh, grew up in the foster care, religious school, boarding school. Um, I published a book in Turkey, um, called it uh, The Stories of Homosexuals. And after that, I got, uh, the book really did really well, you know, after that, got in jail, been tortured, came to the United States with no English and no one, no, not knowing anyone at age of 23. Uh, you know, failed GED twice, dropped out of middle school, learned some more English, tried GED again. This time I, you know, I passed it and got into college, got multiple scholarships. And then I went to MIU nursing school full scholarship and became the became a successful nurse today and wrote uh wrote my second book um if my mother never left this is like the before the book after the book you know self-help all that right right so tell us what's the name of the book that you released uh while you were in turkey that caused all of this attention and subsequent harm it called uh an ordinary story of a homosexual Okay. And I use I, and I, I, I use a, I used a pen name then to protect myself, which was Devrim, Devrim Yilmaz, D E V is in Victor, uh, R I M, like in Miami, and my last name, but uh, didn't really make any difference. Oh, they still were able to link the story to you. Yeah, because you know then it got like so much attention, and then I got excited, and I was like running from TV channel to TV channel promoting my book, and then. One the live TV interview, uh, like let's say today's show, but at nighttime, and the the person like really really pushed me to the edge, and you know talk about religion, Islam, how dare you, and then I was like handcuffed after the TV interview. Oh my goodness! Wow. So my my sincere you know heartfelt. I'm not really quite sure what to say if it's condolences or empathy. For your experience while there in in Turkey, and 
it sounded like you said your mom left and you were in you were in foster care is that right foster care the grandparents aunts the uncles you know all of that wow i was just i was just uh, yeah i'm on child and uh, my mom left from five with my mother with father's best friend and you know abandoning issues always wandered in my mind what could have would have should have if she didn't leave but i learned not to do that anymore so do you know do you know what happened do you know any anything of what was you know what was the reason she left what happened to your dad have you found yeah. out anything yeah yeah what happened was that my my mother couldn't get pregnant for over 10 years and she takes a trip to Switzerland and comes back as pregnant. And my father, of course, thought, like, didn't say anything because, you know, like, it, it was all about what people would say. And uh, so, and then my mom fell in love with my father's best friend. They ran away together. Um, she left me my father, but my father knew that was like, I'm not, I wasn't his child, but I didn't know. So he didn't want to take care of me. He just, like, let me, you know, there near. But I found after I found all these when I when I reunited with my mom at the age of twenty. Oh, that's great. So you were reunited and, and learned what, what was the true story behind everything. Yeah, I wish I didn't. <laughs> yes, yes, quite a painful story. So then do does she know who your actual biological father is? No. I she- did the twenty I did the 23 and me, but I'm not going to find them or anything like that. So Right, right. Fine. You're not going to pursue that journey. Yes. Okay. Are you guys still in touch today? No. Okay. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, it's a painful, painful story. But it sounds like you're in a better place, yes? I'm in a better place and she's in a better place. So. Yes, that's good. That's good. So I wonder then, did you come through the U.S. refugee program? How did your journey no. bring you to the U.S.? No. When I finally I got myself out of jail somehow, and I ran to American consulate, I said, I'm they're trying to kill me here. You, you better get me out of here. I need a visa. So they expedited everything. I got my visa in three days, and, you know, like, you know, they, you know, I came to the United States. They were waiting for me here. And everything went smoothly. They were like, good luck, son. I'm glad you're alive and all that. Okay. So I'm sorry. Who was waiting for you? Did you have family or friends on the side? No, no, no. I have a friend who was like the, was working here as a designer, the fashion designer. So he, he, like, he knew I was coming and, you know, he prepared things for me. And uh, so I started from there. Okay. Okay. So I wanted to then, I'm thinking, and I know my listeners are wondering, can you give us, and I'm I'm sorry if it's painful, but I'm hoping that you find some healing and are able to talk about what life is like in Turkey. Give us a sense, uh, give us a context, a, a backdrop for what life is like in Turkey. Generally for everybody, whether, you know, what's the general sense for like, what, what were things you did for fun? You know, what was school like, you know, interacting with family, foods that you ate, and of course, the whole religious environment. What is that like in Turkey? I've never traveled, 
and I'm sh- and for our listeners are wondering, we'd have we'd never been to that side of the world before. What is it like? All we see is on TV some of the news bites, but give us a sense for what life is like over there. Turkey is a place that you get you know, you gather a gown, a nightgown, and you go to breakfast. I'm sorry. Turkey is a place that you wear your nightgown. I mean, like the, to go to like the cocktail dress for breakfast. Mm. <laughs> they love, yeah, they love luxury. They love like uh, showing off. They love, you know, for example, you know, going to a supermarket with, or you know, they really care what you wear. Let's put it this way. Okay, so external presentation is very important. You know, the way you um, present yourself publicly. Correct. It's very important, and gas is very important. Uh, the breakfast is really important. Uh, gym is not important. It's all about getting together and have coffee and have conversation, and you know, and it's just a different culture. So food is food is very important, and you know, and dinner, lunch takes hours there. Right, right, right. So what what are typical foods that you eat? Me or Turkish people? Just Turkish people. The cold, you know. Uh, if, if I were to go to Turkey, what is life like there? I'm trying to get a sense for, you know, I've never traveled. My listeners has never been there. What is it like, you know, in Turkey? What are the typical foods for breakfast, lunch, dinner? At what times of the day do you eat? You know, it's a different world for a lot of people because it's a really really rich culture. And there's a lot of food. There's a lot of different things. Like you can, I cannot really say, oh, we eat kebabs, but we really eat that sometimes. But besides that, there are a lot of things to eat, especially the breakfast. The breakfast is a million different kinds of things on the table. So for me, there's no way to explain that. Okay. No, well, I was just <laughs> trying to get a sense for your experience. Like yeah. what did you I eat mean- typically in your family? You know, not to cover the entire country, but what was your experience like? What did you eat growing up? Did you have, like here we have toast and I, I, egg? I, I, and I grew up in poverty, so I didn't eat anything. And everything that I eat was like a soup, especially with my grandmother or whatever the people provided me. Maybe like butter or bread, maybe every day. So I didn't have all that for me, but other people did have, but not me. And I just tried to survive the next day. Maybe sandwich, maybe the sandwich in a, you know, with the, with the cheese and uh, tomato would be luxuries for me then. And so that's what I ate. Okay, but other people have um, like a bigger spread. I, I, like, um... I, I don't know. I don't know what other people eat. That's not what I watched. I can tell you what I ate. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so you, so what drove you to release your book back then? Um, so in that time, like I was living day by day. I didn't know what was going to happen the next day because I was really, really trying to survive. Uh, when I started writing everything down, so that I was just like scared if someone like finds me that they knew like what kind of life I had. 
and my friends and everybody. So from that, it, uh, I found a job in a publisher where he was working as an editor, not editor actually, typer and uh, ghostwriter. Um, with that publisher, my publisher said, like, why don't we just publish your book? And we did, and this is what happened. So it took me, it took me here. Right. Well, you were very young, right? Because you uh, you came here at 23. So um, yeah, I was a bestseller author at 22. Wow, wow, wow. Amazing, amazing. And so how, what is life like then for people with uh, a lifestyle such as this back in Turkey? I mean, it sounds to be very strict. Obviously, you got arrested and, um, and harmed, you know, what is the general as, perspective with the lifestyle such as such as that? I mean, as long as you are, you know, connected to Islam, talk about Islam, promote Islam, and act like you're a good Muslim person, everything is great for you. But once you get out of that, you know, image, then you get all the, you know, you become a target. Gladly. So the U.S. Embassy was aware of your story. So when you showed up after getting out of jail or prison, they did they know who you were how how did they yeah. verify your I mean, story I, I had all like i had like pages of pages of newspapers on the cover like full page i brought them with me and the magazines and the you know all the other articles i dropped the folder on front of them i said this is me i have to get out of this country that's what happened good good well well lucky for you sometimes um, it's not as fortunate for some people to be able to even get to the U.S. Embassy and then get such uh, support quickly and then to be able to leave on such short notice. So That's not it. Let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. What countries have you visited? What countries have I visited? I have been to the African continent, South uh -huh. America, the Caribbean. I've been to Europe. Haven't been to your part of the country. Why uh, do you sure? ask? I was just wondering, and um, you know, just like uh, I just I was just wondering. That's all. Right. Yeah. No, I've never been to that side of the world. That's why I'm trying to get a sense for what life is like there. Um, I, I mean, see. of course, we see things in the media, but when you speak to somebody who's actually lived in the country and have, you know, experienced everyday life, they can give you more details about what everyday life is like for a general Turkish person, right? Correct, so correct. that's all. I was just trying to get a sense for what, you know, things were. But you've shared what your experience specifically was during that time when you were there. Correct. I mean, as I said before, Turkish culture is so rich. It, there is no way for me to talk about it in like 20 seconds. That's okay, why. no, I get that. But you can share whatever perspective you have. You know, we, you know, so people wear, get very uh, lavishly dressed for breakfast, which is quite strange for a lot of cultures. Um, no, not, not, not for Latinas. They do, I mean, like, it's very, like, soap opera style sort of thing. Mm, okay, okay. Like, for example, when I went, when I went to South America and I just, you know, I thought there were so many things that similar with us the drama the, the the you know the way you look the way you act and then you know that you know you, you have to look rich or you try to look rich or you know you become rich it's all about being rich looking rich you know mm. yes 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 and there i mean there's there's a side of that 
in our U.S. culture here, of course, you know, you if you're most people want to wear expensive jewelry, expensive clothing, um, drive the expensive car to give off the persona that they're affluent or they're coming from a wealthy background to, you know, if, if there's a perception that they will get respect or be accepted in certain spaces, then that's what people do. So I get that. Okay. Okay. So there's a, there's a part of that here in the U S right. But there is still uh, spaces where if people don't have that type of affluence, then there's a space for them too. Right. Correct. Um, correct. Mm -hmm. But it's so nice to see someone actually, you know, tries, you know, to look their best before they get their, uh, they get, they get out of their place, their apartment, you know, when you, when they walk on the street. It's so nice to see that. Yes, no, definitely. I agree. It's important to take care of yourself and present yourself well to the public. Nice. So I wonder then, so you came over after the U.S. Embassy assisted you. What was life like in transitioning? Did you have any support? You mentioned having a friend here. How did you adjust um, to life here in the United States? So literally my friend was a fashion designer and uh, knew a store in Soho. He took me and brought me there the second day that I was here. And, you know, he said, okay, he, uh, this is yours, um, like he's going to work here and that's it. And then he went back to Europe let me and like you know told me like okay this is how you pay your rent this is your this is where you open a bank account this is the, how you take the subway in one week i have to learn all this and so i started working obviously my first three words that i learned was like small medium and large in english because i was working the stock rooms yes okay and from that you know Asking, 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 question, 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 question. And I was so shy. I said so shy. I'm like, I couldn't even approach to someone and became this uh, person that I'm not afraid of. I'm, I'm not afraid to talk to anyone. You know. Oh, okay. Right. And then. So I have to ask, either I ask that person, where is blah, blah, or I'm just going to spend three hours trying to figure this out. That was like that was the deal, right? Okay. So then, over time, you develop the confidence, right, to have the conversation I, and ask for help and and learned more English. Yeah, yeah. And um, I went to a language course, but it was not uh, what I expected. And I couldn't spend just like one year, one week, just to say, "Hi, my name is Brock. What's your name? Where are you from? I'm from Turkey." Did you learn this in one week? So that's how bad my was my English. So I grabbed the books and I studied at night and watched TVs a lot. Um, and then so I could imitate how they speak, how they said it, where they said it. Okay, great. Did you find, were you um, able to find uh, like Turkish uh, people from your country and... Um, to assist you in the adjustment or you, you know, were alone for a period there? Oh, yeah. So I've, I've met with Turkish people, Turkish gay people who helped me so much in the past and showed me the way and like, this is where you go, this is what you do, this is how you do it. And, you know, it's all communications. And we didn't have Facebook or 
you know, like group chat or anything like that. Yeah, you know, it's just like you have to be very personable and, you know, try to meet with these people and so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it, uh, luckily I had done. Yes, yes. And did you did you go directly to the northeastern part of the country when you first arrived? And is that where life developed for you or did you move to a different place? You mean in Manhattan? Right, like New York area. Were you when you first came arrived to the US, did you go to New York or were you somewhere else? No, I went to New York. I stayed in Manhattan for a while and then I moved to Los Angeles for one year. Um then came back to New York. Okay. Okay. I mean, okay. I for for the college, I moved to Long Island, but then I came back to continue my studies at NYU. Okay. In Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, how how what were some challenges that came along as you apart from the learning English and you know becoming assertive and asking for help and so forth? What were some other challenges that may have come about with you adjusting from the Turkish culture and learning the American culture? Listen, when you don't speak English, getting going to Delhi and to, to buy a sandwich is a challenge. It's a big challenge. And um, beside that, you know, I, the GED was a big challenge like getting my high school degree. And, you know, going into college was a big challenge. Graduating was a big challenge. Getting into nursing school was a big challenge. Graduating was a big challenge. You know, which one Which one would you prefer me to talk about? <laughs> Whatever you'd like to, to share as encouragement for other immigrants who would be listening to your story, right? Yeah. You know, and how to, uh, how you adjusted, what are some tactics or... You know, so the, what what encouragement would you share for other people who might be in your shoes today as new immigrants? Um, first of all, if they could understand our English, kudos to you. You came a long way to them. So with that said, you know, if they're going to listen to this in English, um, that means, you know, they're already at some level. Like they like 10 years ahead of me when I came here. You know what I mean? Yes. And I would suggest that use internet uh, but do not pay anyone from the internet. If you can meet them in person, if you have to pay them, if it's like a lawyer or anything like that, you know, do not believe what other people tells you they're going to do for you because and you know for example nobody's going to do anything for you if they don't know you so stop dreaming just be realistic and nothing over nothing happens overnight you have to be really patient um use and do not try to reinvent the wheel ask online search it google it you know you have this uh, amazing uh uh, advantage that I didn't have, you know, I had to walk around with like the paperback dictionary and try to find the words in, in pages, you know what I mean? Um, be open-minded. 
that's all I can say. Okay. Would you like to share a bit about your new book and how people would be able to find it if they would like to buy a copy or to support your services if you provide like coaching or any other services? So if you don't want to reinvent the wheel and see how I survived, come to America and what I've done, um, you can buy my book and see if, you know, if you can do it. The, um, you can go to my website, www.b as in boy, U.S. number, L.R.S. and Robert, is in Apple, is in Kevin, 212.com, and purchase it March 16th. Not today. I mean, this is going to be, sorry, this is going to be uh, something. So go to, go to my website and buy my book or Amazon, uh, the book called If My Mother Never Left. And uh, I'm, I, I promise you, you will identify with something that will inspire you. Wonderful. So has it been released as yet? Because you're saying March 16th. Is it... Um... Correct. Are they so, pre-ordering? Are they pre-ordering your book? No pre-ordering. Uh, March 16, it will be out. And okay, um, yeah. And they can find it on Amazon as well as on your website. Absolutely. And do you follow me, on, you follow, follow me on Instagram? B U R A K N Y two one two, like my name, Barack New York and two one two. Yeah, they can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. If they ask, if they have questions for me, I can answer them. Okay. Yes, by connecting with you on social media. Yes. Right. Right. I can definitely try to answer their questions because I've been there in that position. I don't want anyone to have difficult time than they're supposed to. Right. Yes. Definitely. Well, thank you for writing this book and sharing your story, Burak. I wonder what is life like for you today? I'm hoping that, you know, things have gotten more peaceful and you're in a much joyful place uh, than your start of your journey. What is life but, like for you today? I'm a successful nurse and, um, you know, I love, my, I love what I do and I love helping people. And um, so now that I want to help, this younger generation that have no idea what's going on or they lock themselves in their room, they don't want to get out because, you know, they don't think they're worthy. And I want to try, like, I'm going to try to reach those young adults and maybe make a difference in their future. Okay, okay, wonderful. And are these young adults from uh, maybe from Turkey or from that Anywhere. part of the world or anyone across the board, you're comfortable with English so you can work with anybody? Of course. Yes, wonderful. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing about your journey, your book, and I welcome our listeners to check you out at your website that you've shared or to look out for your book when it's released on March 16, 2023. Burak Yilmaz. Yes. yes. Thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your story. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful day. We thank our listeners around the world, and we appreciate your continued support as we build our human library. Please remember to give us a five-star review 
subscribe and share with your friends, family, and circle of influence.